Thanks everyone for coming out this uh, Sunday evening in Spanish Fork, Utah. Thanks to those who download these Toxins podcasts from iTunes. We invite your comments, correspondence, and feedback by email us at utahchristians at gmail.com. We also have a membership class on our website, utahchristian.org. I'd like to thank those that have taken the membership class, become members who couldn't do what we do without your help and support. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder and chair of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Today we'd like to talk to you about igniting your enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm comes from Thea, which is a Greek word for God. It's one of the reasons why we chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, because it fills us up with a sense of God's presence and God's omnipotency, and it uh, manifests itself in terms of enthusiasm. It means that when you get up in the morning, you're feeling life as a gift. You go out with a spring in your step, pursuing your goals, your passion about life, you are recognizing that God is breathing in your direction. Studies have shown that enthusiastic people get better breaks. They're promoted more often. It's not a coincidence. When you're full of enthusiasm, you have the favor of God. A lot of people have lost their enthusiasm. Once they were excited about their dreams, they were excited about their marriage, they were excited about their career, they were excited about their future, but along the way, they had some setbacks. They had a health issue. They didn't get the promotion that they thought they deserved. A relationship didn't work out. It's taken the wind out of their sails. Now they're just going through the motions of life, getting up, going to work, coming home, no zeal, no enthusiasm, yada, 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 yada. But I'm here today to tell you that Krishna, or God, He didn't create us to drag through the day. He created us in His image. He planted in us the seeds of greatness. We have the DNA of champions in each and every one of us. He did not intend us just to go through the motions without any enthusiasm. This is a new day, and the reason that you're here today is perhaps because He wants to breathe some new life into you. If you'll get your fire back, those winds which have been holding you back, pushing against you, will come around behind you and explosively propel you forward. My question to you today is, are you excited? Are you enthusiastic? Are you fully alive? Or are you setting yourself up to get stuck in a rut, to go through the motions and letting the pressures of life weigh you down? Krishna doesn't want you just to be alive, just to endure, just to barely squeak by, just to put food on the table. He wants you to be really alive with every pore of your body. The day that you stop being excited about your future is the day that you quit living. The day you stop being passionate about what's in front of you is the day that you go from living to just existing. Have you ever heard it said of someone, they died at 30, but they were just buried at 70? Don't let that be you. In the natural, there may not be anything like Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible in your life right now, but you gotta dig your heels in and say, this is a day the Lord has made. I refuse to drag through it with no enthusiasm. Every day is exciting. Every day is a miracle. There are people that love me. There are people who I love. What could be more exciting than that? Krishna got me this far. He's not going to leave me out there hanging in the wind.
in our lives, if we actually think back upon it and contemplate it, they've been one miracle after another. We're not supposed to just breathe oxygen, take up space, talking nonsense, watching TV, renting DVDs, surviving. We've got too much invested in us by the creator of millions and millions and millions of universes. We had a couple here at the temple a few years ago, and the husband was quite a bit older than the wife, and he was a little moody and cantankerous. And one day he said to his much younger wife, he says, why do you stay married to me? Why do you put up with me? And she said, I've got too much invested in you. God has got too much invested in us. Get out of your self-pity. Get passionate about your future. Stir up your gifts, fan the flames, become everything that God created you to be. Make a decision every day. You're not going to get stuck in a rut. You're not going to take this day for granted. You're not just going to go through the motions. You're going to stay enthusiastic about the gift of life which God has given you. The truth is, most of life is routine. But faith kicks in and says, I'm excited that God is in control and that my future will be more exciting than my past. I heard about a big league baseball player, one of the top, most famous, well-paid players. Every night in a different stand, thousands and thousands of people shouting his name. Newspaper reporter came up and said, you must have a really glamorous life. And he said, it's not that great. You're always traveling trains and buses and planes. You're eating in hotels night after night after night. You're away from your family. The point is that anything can become humdrum, boring, and mundane if you allow it to. Let's get the attitude something exciting is going to happen. Not wait till something big happens before we get excited, but plant the right seeds and get excited in advance. That will actually attract exciting things to us. There's a famous Krishna deity in Maharashtra, West India. It's called uh, Vitale. The town in which his temple resides is uh, Pandapur. Just show you the deity here, and there's the artist drawing of the town. Deity is worshipped standing on a brick. It's like you see Krishna here, only he's standing on a brick. And the story is that several hundreds of years ago, there was a great devotee of Krishna, served him day and night. Krishna came to that devotee, to the door of his house, in the middle of a pouring rain. He said, I've come to take you back to the spiritual world. I've come to personally, God has come. I've, you've been so faithful to me, let's go. Well, the devotee said, and he, the Lord is standing outside in the pouring rain. So the devotee said, but I've got my elderly parents. See this drawing here. I've got my elderly parents and I'm their sole support. I can't go. I can't go. Could you imagine? God appears on your doorstep and says, let's go to the eternal world of bliss and knowledge. You, you, you drop everything. You, you head out there. But he said, no, I've got my elderly parents. I need to exercise my duty to them until they expire, and then I can go. So would you kindly wait? I don't know if it's going to be a day, a week, a month, or even years. The Lord, far from being upset, smiled. This had been a test for his devotee. The Lord endorsed his behavior, apparently routine, mundane, to anyone else, boring activity, taking care of your elderly parents. I mean, that's not when your friend asks you, what are you going to do, something exciting on Saturday night, you don't usually answer, I'm going to take care of my elderly parents. It's not most people's idea of exciting, but it was his idea of exciting. And the Lord smiled. 
His decision to do this ordinary, routine, mundane thing brought a beaming smile of delight to the face of the Lord. And the Lord said, I will be more than happy to wait. I just have one request. It's kind of muddy here. <laughs> Could you throw me a brick? So the devotee threw the Lord a brick and the Lord got up out of the mud and stood on that brick and he waited until such time as the parents expired and then he took him back to home, back to God. When we talk about getting enthusiastic and passionate about your life, we're not talking about dropping out of school and joining the circus. We're talking about finding wonder and passion and excitement in doing the right thing. It's not very exciting what we're doing right now is planting all the cucumber and the radishes and the zucchini and the green peppers and the melon seeds. It's not very exciting. Not only is it not exciting, but it rains on us sometimes and sometimes the sun is hot and we're down on our knees and maybe some rocks are making us uncomfortable. But we, in the process of planting those seeds, can be fully excited about the harvest which is going to come in September and October. And all the harvesting, all the cutting, all the cooking, and all the delicious foodstuffs that we're going to offer to Krishna and enjoy that. We're talking about finding enthusiasm in integrity, in righteousness, in virtue. Otherwise, what's the option? You go to the movies nowadays, 70% of them all about payback. The bad guys did something to my aunt or my uncle or my wife or they insulted my kid or the bullies down the block. And I'm going to get even with them. But the fact is that the whole world is running on the opposite principle, the principle of forgiveness. Gandhi said, if you all live by the dictum an eye for an eye, what happens? The whole world becomes blind. I heard about a little boy. His little league team got thrashed by another team. A bigger boy from the other team came up to him and said, your team sucked. The little boy, without missing a beat, he said, you pitched a great game. I can just see, because he didn't waste time and energy. He did not allow that person to drag him down to his level. He just took care of it and ended it right there in the most decisive way that you could end it. You pitched a great game. And when he took the high road like that, I can just imagine a big smile of delight on the face of the Lord. He said, that's my boy. He knows that his time is too short and his mission is too important to get involved in petty issues of payback and revenge. We need to live in amazement, in wonder that God is constantly present in our lives. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That insult, that critic, that backstabber, I welcome them. Their words against me, everything they speak against me, God hears that. And if I take the high road, God promotes me for every lie that they tell about me, for every criticism that they aim at me. I welcome that because that gives me an opportunity to please the Lord. That piece of trash which is lying on the ground is an opportunity. I know the Lord smiles. When 99 other people walk past that piece of trash and say, well, I didn't put it there. I shouldn't have to pick it up. I see it as an opportunity to please the Lord, to put a smile on the face of the Lord. Cutting the grass, getting rid of the weeds, making the property look nice for visitors. I was over at Utah Valley University a few months ago, putting up some posters. 
It was a lunch hour. People were coming and going. And I walked into the men's room at the bottom of the stairs there, near the food court. And the trash can, which is just inside the door, overflowing with tissues. You had to wade through them. And there were just hundreds of people coming and going. I thought, here's an opportunity to please Christian. Took my foot, and I put it on top of the trash can, and I just scrunched it in. It became about like 20% of the volume. So there's, now there's plenty of room to throw more tissues in. It wasn't difficult. You know, someone says, well, true. How can you make such a big deal out of such a small thing? Anybody could have done that. Yes, anybody could have done that. In fact, about 500 people in the last half hour could have done that, but they didn't do it, and that's the point. I see it as an opportunity to please the Lord. And if you think this way, every day is an adventure. Every moment, practically speaking, gives you an opportunity to take it to the next level. Some of you in your mind, at least, you might be rolling your eyes and saying, you mean you got me all the way out here to the Christian temple in Spanish work on a Sunday afternoon to tell me to pick up trash? Not only that, cut your lawn too. The wonder is in the little things, the so-called little things, the things that most people will not take the trouble to do. Those aging parents, that friend who just got out of surgery, the opportunity to email them, to reach out to them, to give them a call. Don't let your miracles become common so that you lose your enthusiasm. If you're going to stay enthusiastic about life, you can't let what once was a miracle become ordinary in the passage of time. Maybe you got married five years ago and you considered yourself the luckiest guy in the world. You got a promotion three years ago and you thought that was just super. When your first child was born, you cried for joy. You got down on your knees and you thanked God for that special gift from heaven. Now that same child is a teenager and you're saying, Lord, why did you do this to me? <laughs> this temple opened in 2001. What's that? 14 years ago. And yet every time I crest this hill and the temple looms into view, I just get a hitch in my breath. I think, thank you, Lord. Krishna is great that you would build this wonderful temple in Zion. As many times as I pass that hill, as much passage of time as there is, it doesn't lessen my sense of wonder and amazement that Krishna has done that in this area. He's done more than I could ever ask for or ever even imagine. And each and every one of us, we've seen God's goodness multiple times in our lives. He opened doors. He gave you promotions. He caused you to meet someone. He made you be at the right place at the right time. Unfortunately, many of us are waiting for the next big thing to come along, and then we're going to get excited. However, let me tell you that if you're not happy where you are, you won't get to where you want to be. There are miracles all around us. There are miracles right underneath your feet. The poet said, the angels keep their ancient places, turn but a stone and start a wing. Tis ye, tis your estranged faces that miss the many splendored thing. Maybe there's not all that good, exciting stuff in your life right now, but when you go to work and you go to school with a smile on your face and you be good to people, even though they're not being good to you, you're sowing seeds now which will bring exciting things, which will bring exciting opportunities, which will open doors in the future. Krishna will take you from glory to glory, from victory to victory. 
Right now, you might be between your last victory and your next victory. So don't lose your passion. Keep your enthusiasm up. Good news is coming your way. Another level of Krishna's favor will cross your path. Give 100% to whatever you're doing. When you work full-heartedly, enthusiastically at whatever task is in front of you, this honors God and it attracts His blessings. Things will go easier. You'll accomplish more. You'll work more efficiently. Let me make it practical. When you do the dishes, do them with all your heart. When you mow the lawn with every step, thank God for your legs. Thank God for your strength. Thank God for the fact that your wife is peeping out of the curtains at your magnificent, unshirted upper body. Nothing should be ordinary. When you come to the temple as devotees, make sure you greet the new people with a smile. There are pamphlets which you can give out to them which have the program on it. Be friendly to people with all your heart. We have a fellow up in Salt Lake City, every time we have a festival, he gets so excited about doing the parking. He calls me up weeks beforehand, true, did you get the orange vest all, are they all clean and all laundry? Yes, I did. You didn't lose the stop sign, did you? No, Ralph, I haven't. He puts his full enthusiasm. I remember four years ago when we had the first uh, Festival of Colors in Salt Lake City, we're at uh, 9th East and 33rd South. There's a crossing, a foot crossing from Rancho Market over to our cul-de-sac there. And Ralph was out there with a Grateful Dead t-shirt, an orange vest and a stop sign, and he was doing his dance. I mean, it was like amazing with a big smile on his face. He did it for eight or nine hours. And even though everybody knows that an ordinary uh, civilian is not supposed to be standing on the center line for eight hours on 9th East, one of the major streets in uh, Salt Lake City, he did it with such enthusiasm. He was so obviously anointed to do it that the policeman, instead of calling him to task and telling him to get out of there and get himself out of harm's way, the policemen were high-fiving him as they drove by in their patrol cars. So I always use Ralph as an example of someone who can take something ordinary and get enthusiastic pleasure out of it. We hear from the scriptures about uh, King Yayati, handsome king in his prime. He had a wife named Deviani. Now in those days, the wedding ceremony would take place in the bride's house where she'd lived her whole life. And then from her home, she would go to the groom's house in a procession. So that would be a hard transition in many cases. And so therefore, especially for a princess, many maidservants and friends of hers would accompany her to her husband's home so that she wouldn't feel upset. Gayati had two sons by his wife, Deviani, and then he sort of got it going with one of the maidservants in secret. Her name was Sermista, and after having had two older sons by his wife, Deviani, he had illicit sons by the maidservant, Sermista. I actually had three sons by her. Deviani didn't know about the existence of these other three children until one afternoon, Yayati and Deviani were walking in the extensive gardens behind the palace, and they came into a, an area where there were hedges and bushes, and there was Sermista with three young boys, all of whom, as soon as they saw Yayati, 
they opened their arms and they ran towards him saying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Devayani was upset, not as much because he cheated on her, but more because of the fact that he'd had three sons from her and only two from Devayani. So Devayani went to her father, who was a wizard, and asked her father to curse her husband with premature old age, which Sukracharya did. However, as soon as this happened, Devayani realized, well, I, I don't have a how am I going to enjoy my husband anymore? She went to her father and said, is there any way you can kind of take some spin off the curse? And Sukhacharya said, if Yayati can find anyone who will assume the curse, give him his youth back until such time he's dissatisfied and then, and, and then take the old age off. So he had five sons and he asked his oldest son, will you take the premature old age from me for a time? And then when I'm finished with my enjoyment, then I'll give it back to you. And Yadu said, no, Dad, I'm, <laughs> I got too much excitement in my life to get old overnight. I got, you know, I got girls, I got the club I go to, and I've got my cricket team. I just got the, the year 1014 brand new chariot. No, Dad, I, no I'm, this, is, this is getting a crip my style. Sorry, Dad, no. So from the oldest two sons of Deviani, then he started down to the three illegitimate sons from Sarmista, the oldest one, no dad, no dad, that's... And he came to the youngest son, Puru. And exactly the opposite. Puru thought that doing this service for his father was an exciting thing to do. To help out his father in this way, that was his definition of excitement. It was an opportunity to step up to take a sacrifice and to pay back in some measure his father. There's an old saying that a bad son is one who when the father asks him to do something, he says no. An okay son is one that when the father asks him to do something, he says yes. But a really good son, he anticipates the father's needs and he offers to do it without the father even asking. When Yayati was approaching him, Puru said, Dad, you don't even have to ask. I don't want you to suffer the indignity of asking. I wholeheartedly take on the curse. You go ahead, enjoy, and when you're done, we'll switch. When it came time to anoint the heir to the throne and to appoint that person whose sons and grandsons and great-grandsons and great-sons would basically rule the world, it wasn't given to Yadu, the oldest son, nor to the second or the third, but it was given to the youngest, the third of three illegitimate sons. It all begins with being excited about doing the right thing and delighting the Lord. Nothing will take away and erode our enthusiasm more than comparing ourselves to other people. Comparison to others kills enthusiasm. You're all excited about spending a weekend camping, in the national forest around Penguich until one of your co-workers comes up and mentions that her rich uncle just paid for tickets to spend the weekend at the Riviera. All of a sudden your vacation in Penguich turns to ashes. Another co-worker has a husband that's got a lantern jaw, he's got wavy dark hair, he's got dimples. He's so cute he could have just stepped out of GQ magazine. Your husband, on the other hand, is short, fat, and bald, and looks like he just stepped out of DQ, Dairy Queen. <laughs> you need to be happy with the person that God made you to be, 
Even if you had someone else's wealth or someone else's salary or someone else's husband or someone else's wife or you lived in someone else's house or you drove someone else's car, you wouldn't be happy because that's not the life that God created for you to live. In the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna, who was a warrior and who had a golden opportunity to stop the forces of darkness, but because in order to do that, he had to fight his teachers and cousin brothers, and he had a Bali connection with them, he flirted in front of Krishna with the idea, well, maybe I should, instead of being a warrior, maybe I should leave the battlefield and do penances and austerities and live in a quiet hermitage. And Krishna said, that's not who you are, Arjuna. You could leave the battlefield, the bloody, gory, violent battlefield, and you could go to a beautiful little forest area with waterfall and grasses and cows wandering, parrots in the trees, and, and you would be miserable because that's not who you are. You're a warrior, and each and every one of us has to run our race. We're each and every one of us uniquely designed, so quit wishing you were someone else. Well... If I had her looks, or if I had his talent, or if I had his ability. No, Krishna gave you just the looks that you need to run your race, to be who he wants you to be, and to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. So get excited about your life, not someone else's. Get excited about your looks, your talent, your ability, your personality. When you're enthusiastic about who you are, you bring honor to Krishna. He'll breathe in your direction and seeds of greatness will take root. Otherwise, it's an insult to Krishna to wish that you were someone else. To say that you made me subpar, you made me average, you made me not up to the standard is an insult to Krishna. We should see ourselves as fully loaded, totally equipped for the race that's been designed for us. We may not have the looks or the height or the wealth of another one, but nobody else will be a better me. It is said the only person that you should try to be better than is the person that you were yesterday. Let's aspire for a long, fruitful, enthusiastic life which ends with a flourish and not a fizzle. We always have a better future ahead of us than the past. That which is in the past will not be greater than that which is in the future. Let's not trade this time in our life for any other time. I'm 68 years old. I would not, for any inducement in the world, want to be again 58 or 48 or 38 or 28 or 18. I am fully excited about all the projects that we're doing, the construction in Salt Lake City, the proliferation of color festivals in five different states. I wouldn't trade this time in my life for any other time in my life, and I would not want to be any other person than the person I am. We're not getting older, but if we're in God consciousness, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Ram Rama, Hare Hare, we're just getting better. I love this poem by Edwin Waller. The seas are quiet when the winds give over, so calm are we when passions are no more. Thank God. For then we know how vain it was to boast of fleeting things so certain to be lost. Clouds of affection from our younger eyes conceal that emptiness which age describes. The soul's dark cottage, comparing this body, the soul's dark cottage, battered and decayed, 
lets in new light through chinks that time has made. Stronger by weakness, wise men become as they draw nearer to their eternal home. Leaving the old, both worlds at once they view. They stand upon the threshold of the new. I heard about a famous Christian preacher. Whenever he would speak in his home parish, thousands of people would come. And he got invited all over the world on every continent. Thousands and thousands of people would come to see him. But in his old age, he got Parkinson's disease. He had once been so eloquent, so strong, so vibrant, so much in demand, and now he had to suffer the humility of being fired from his own church. What did he do? He didn't have a pity party. He didn't sulk. He didn't get bitter, resentful. He didn't get stuck in a row. He started writing books, and his books became bestsellers. If you can't speak, then write. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't stand up, sit up. If you can't sing, tap your foot. If you can't dance, shake your head. As long as you have breath, you have something to offer. Don't lose your enthusiasm. In 1977, after having established the International Society for Krishna Consciousness and worked for it in 12 years, Prabhupada was at the end of his life. He couldn't walk, he couldn't sit up, he couldn't write. He hadn't eaten anything for weeks. He could barely speak. Still, he didn't lose his sense of purpose, his passion, his enthusiasm. He said, I have taught my disciples everything else. Now I'll teach them how to die. I heard about a woman. She was undergoing open heart surgery and the procedure is that they open your heart, they inject a heart with a drug that causes your heart to stop beating. They do the procedure and then they have another drug which causes your heart to resume beating. So they did the procedure on this woman named Mary. But when they injected the drug to start the heart beating again, it didn't respond. They gave a second injection, nothing. The surgeon reached and he started massaging the muscle. That went on for some time, nothing. And then, as a last resort, he leaned over and he whispered in her ear, he said, Mary, you need to tell your heart to start beating again. I've done everything that I can do. I need you now to tell your heart to beat again. A few seconds went by and ta-thump, 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 ta-thump. So some people are flapping, they're going through the motions, but they have really stopped living. Today, if you're one of those people, you need to tell your heart to start beating again. Maybe you've had some bad breaks and you've walked away from life, from your goals, from your dreams. You didn't lose them. The good news is they're still there. You just walked away from them. You need to go back. You need to do 180, get some fire back, and go and reclaim them. For long enough, you felt solemn, depressed, weighed down with no joy. I'm telling you today that Krishna has a new beginning for you. His plan for your future is greater than for your past. But you have to tell your heart to start beating again. You have to tell yourself to laugh again. You have to tell yourself to smile again, to love again, to forgive again. You need to get your joy back, your enthusiasm back. This day is a gift from Krishna. Get up with enthusiasm for living your life and being the best you. Don't compare yourself with anyone. 
Be happy with who Krishna made you to be. Honor Krishna by doing whatever you do with all your heart. Remember, there are miracles all around you. Stay amazed at Krishna's goodness. You may have had some setbacks, but I believe that today is a new day. Hearts are starting to beat again. Dreams are coming back to life. Passion is being restored. Get ready for God or Krishna's goodness. Get ready for his favor. Your greatest victories are out in front of you in this life, and in the next life, you go back home, back to Godhead.